Welcome to The Double Shot, your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. I've tried to come in with pizzazz. I'm wearing my favourite comfy shoes today. Thought that'd make me more comfortable to bring some pizzazz to the start of today's pod. How'd I go, cuz? The best shoes are no shoes. What shoes are you wearing that are so comfortable that we had to tell everybody? Just go on the vans this morning. Vans! That says so much about a guy and you can't skate, so I'm not sure what you're doing with vans on. <laughs> so maybe it doesn't say a lot about a person but after But I wish all. I could. But I wish I could <laughs> skate, that's for sure. No, they're just <laughs> um, sort of comfy. Yeah, easy. Shaft bit of leg. Well, that's got nothing to do with the shoot. Well, I guess it kind of does, but you're obviously rocking a bit of the three-quarter three quarter length shin danglers if you're showing off a bit of leg. What I can con- conclusively tell you is I have nowhere near as many shoes as your husband, Dean. No, uh, categorically He's got a lot not. of shoes. He's a real shoe, shoe buff, he, isn't he? He's, he's a shoe buff and um, he's actually got more shoes than me, that's a fact, which, which wow. doesn't, it doesn't well, He's got like a, a whole wardrobe for them at your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't say a lot because he's not a huge, like I'm not a huge shoe person. He's like a mediocre, like a bit of a sneak ahead, but not, you know, there's some real hardcore ones. But, yeah, he's actually putting a bit of a collection together of classic Michael Jordans, big basketball guy, to put an, a, as a wall in his new office that he's building. So they're actually going to make a shoe case. Wow. So that's kind of, he's collecting for a bit of a purpose. But I'm a bit of a Nike goer myself as well. Um, and I do think shoes speak to a person's personality a little bit. Uh, so I, it was, it was good to know that you're rocking the vans, you know. So vans you, today, a, I have a few to admit, New Balance like, goers in your office. What would be your weekend, uh, you know, what, what would be the shoes you wear the most, would you say? Uh, yeah, the Nikes. Truly, oh, the Nikes. The Nikes, right. yeah, yeah. And then, and then, look, when it's hot, you know, Javiana's through and through, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm in Melbourne, so, you know, you don't – it's, like, not as common to be chucking on the Javis. Mm. Yeah, I reckon – I have to admit, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a sneakers person than, than Vans, but, like, like the mm. – we're doing, we're doing this on a Friday, actually, and uh, it's casual Friday, so I thought the Vans were, were appropriate. Vans Friday. Skaterboy, yeah. Skaterboy James. How good? <laughs> I think – what did Nico say yesterday? He's like, yeah, I've got – Got a few shoes in the closet where the dust is thicker than the tongue. <laughs> like he hasn't, <laughs> yeah. he hasn't, he hasn't worn them in that long. I think I that, was, that was so you, funny. You've, you've just stitched up uh, Jordan there because that was actually that should have been accredited to Jordan, not Nico. Hang on, um, producer Flame. Yeah, Flame said that. Did you say that? Yeah, Flame said that. I actually, I actually think Nick said it. Yeah. Oh, I don't reckon he did. I don't reckon Nick was capable of that. Anyway, it's, uh, hey, hey! I thought we'd um, kick us off today with um, we had a lot of questions actually along these lines. Um, it's a bit of a go-to for property investment, or it must be. Um, it's a chunky one though, so it's probably oh. not something we could cover in the bite-size quick shots. And that is holiday homes mm. and whether they're a good investment. Um, you know, we get a lot of people. You know, I guess probably more more in recent times talking about you know, buying a home that they could Airbnb out uh, and then and then used from time to time. But the idea wouldn't be that it just sits there vacant all the time per se. I think people have more been approaching it from the perspective that you might be able to get a higher return through Airbnb. Um, yeah. So I thought, look, uh, I, I would I'd maybe throw it to you because you've had more experience oh than I have with Airbnb. Um, but maybe just talk through holiday homes um Good, bad, indifferent, what's your take on them as an investment? 
Well, when you throw in the as an investment, I'm not so sure. But I think really, well, I believe with a holiday home, you've got to look at it as a hybrid investment and more of like a leisure use. And an interesting metric to look at is, well, firstly, not being mysticised, which is barbecue chat uh, that we talk about where people say, oh, but if I own a property, you know, in Mermaid Beach here on the beach, I'll get $4,000 a night in summer. Well, obviously you'll get $4,000 a night in summer because that's peak season um, when you also won't be able to use it. So you've got to sort of weigh up and, and not get mysticised by the absolute best of the best season, $4,000 a night, and also I guess kind of figure out what the whole entire year is is truly going to look like for you. Typically, holiday homes are also much more expensive than an average investment property. Um, but when I say combining it between investment and leisure, you know, I'd say, all right, how many holidays do you want to go on a year? Uh, and it will also depend on how big your family is as to how much your holidays will cost. Are you flying? Are you going for weeks? Are you going for nights? Are you going for months? How long are you going for? And then Put that into, so what would you spend if you went on a holiday two or three times a year? And then see if you can plug that into the use of your holiday home. And you might end up with somewhat of a a net cash flow result. Or, you know, you might make a little bit of money on your holiday home as an investment. But I think really there's a lot to consider in terms of higher reward, sure, but also significantly higher costs. And it's going to be a significantly more uh, expensive property compared to your average investment. That's my that's my like you know summary, if you will. No, I, th- I think you're right. A lot of people are, are um, uh, not. Uh, I guess they're they're drawn in by the the high rent returns on yeah. the face of it. Perceptively, um, yeah. But there, there's a lot of costs. You know, like you, you've got to get the place cleaned very often. Uh, your maintenance is higher because people don't, you know, let's face it, if we go away for a week or two, we don't care about the property anywhere near as much as we we do if we're, say, a totally. tenant living there full time, yeah. do we? You yeah. Know, you, 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 things break and so you just got, you got much higher uh, maintenance costs. Um, I think in, in a lot of holiday areas, they do really well from a growth point of view. They're just a, they're a real hole for, for cash flow. You know, you, you've got to, um, it's certainly not something for a um, beginner investor, I think. Um, I think anyone who's maybe um, hasn't had investments before, it will be the last thing I'd be doing um, because you, you're going to have really unpredictable cash flow. Um, you, you will. You'll have periods where you get really good cash flow, but you have periods where there's just money going out left, right and centre. Mm. So um, it can be a little bit stressful if um, if you're not sort of used to the rhythm of of an investment. Um, I think they, they do work really well, um, you know, in terms of, you know, number one, they do grow. But also, you know, sometimes in life, it's not just about an investment. You might see it as a hybrid, you know. you gotta you got to, um, you know, you can't just... Um, save money and invest all your life. You got to you got to treat yourself at some point. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, I think you just got to go in with a low debt, low debt, so that's manageable, um, so that you can um, you know you aren't you aren't needing that income, you aren't needing the predictable cash flow as often because it is the the one downside to holiday home investment properties is that uh, they just have totally unpredictable cash flow and there's lots mm. of money going out. 
Can you manage that? Yeah. I think it truly is a question of lifestyle here and, you know, with the benefit of, of maybe having a holiday paid for every year. But is it a full-blown investment? Yes and no. But, I mean, Not a lot really. of, you know, and, 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 and clearly places like Noosa, Byron Bay, um, Kingscliff, um, you know, down in Victoria, Sorrento, yes. Um, you know, uh, on the western side, what's the western side? Um, you know, Torquay. Geelong, Port Arlington, Lawn. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, like Absolutely. all those areas are some yeah, of the yeah. best performing real estate markets from a value perspective over the last 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the positive. I um, mean, you could also argue, though, that they get hit the hardest in in um, times of uh, a quieter property market because you know, people are going to choose their own home before they choose their holiday home if they have to choose something to keep. Yeah, good point. Um, they'll go up 40 50%, then they'll come down 20%, you know, yeah, and, and then more, go 40 50 volatile. again. Yeah. They're more volatile than the average. Um, I mean, generally speaking, Australia's property market isn't that volatile uh, over time anyway, but in, in these specific holiday areas, they are very tourism reliant, right, which isn't like long-term stable jobs, depending depending on the area. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, th- I think that's choice. Like, Experienced investors with strong cash flow that yeah. can ride it out, you know, the, the wave over over a 12-month period. Um, but, yeah, there we go. Hopefully that was helpful. We, we do seem to, I don't know, is it, we, we get that, I reckon, once a month, that question Often, there. often, mm. often. Interestingly, so we've just talked about a holiday homes that we get talked about, asked about bleep, all the time. And I would say secondary to that, I get asked all the time about solar. A lot of clients buying investment properties, they're under construction, they say, hey, we want to put solar on our home. So, oh, well, no worries. Why? So, well, it's better. It's going to be better. Okay, okay. Well, well, for who? And I guess once you work back, it's, it's a cost-saving exercise for the end user, which is the tenant. But we get asked about solar all the time. So the question that I guess we're going to discuss is solar, is it feasible on your property? And it will depend on the property, won't it? Well, and it's everywhere at the moment too, isn't it? I'm I'm conscious that uh, it might not be in late 2023. If you're listening to the back (laughs) catalogue and energy prices is no longer a thing, then um, disregard. But uh, it's everywhere at the moment, isn't it? The cost of energy going yes. up and, uh, you know, uh, whether we'd even have enough energy on some of the hotter days uh, was a topic in uh, my, my uh, neck of the woods, southeast Queensland, over mm. the month of February. Um, I've looked at it from the perspective of my own home. Owner-occupier, okay. Yeah, and, and it only, I reckon it only just works and makes sense on my Ooh. own home. I reckon it, it, it definitely doesn't make sense on an investment property um, yet, and I say yet, Poor. and the reason the reason it only just makes sense on my own home, I think, is mm. because the batteries are really expensive, and so like the I'll give you you know we, we've been looking at it. It's about ten thousand bucks to put the system in with the panels on the roof, right? Yep. yep. So big upfront investment. And that's after after the rebate. Um, mm-hmm. So you just I don't know the way that I've seem to find that you've got to do it is you go through a provider and they give you the price net of the rebate. So I don't know. I don't actually even know what the total oh, price okay. is. So your outlay they, is actually 10000 up front. Yeah, they work all that out for you. Um, great, great. Now, uh, I've gone through the numbers and, and you get, so you get, um, in summer you get a lot of sun, so you generate a lot of solar, 
more than more than winter, and this is yes. in Queensland. Be different for you in in Victoria, for example, yes. where you might not get Big as much time. sun outside <laughs> of summer. Um, so so you either use it as you generate it, or you have to sell it back to. Um, the grid at a, at a fairly low low price, um, much lower than what you're buying it for. So the challenge is you can't actually be totally off the grid without a battery yeah. because you use the majority of your electricity after the sun's gone down, so you still got to pay <laughs> for that. You're only yeah. getting, you know, kind of free electricity basically or, or you, you know, using the, the generated electricity during the day. Mm. So on my, on my household... It's gonna, you know, some of my power bills about six hundred bucks a quarter. It's gonna take about four hundred bucks a quarter off off the power bill, so it's it's good. Okay. You know, very good, in fact. Yeah. Um, that's sixteen hundred dollars a year. So Saving. that's great. Yeah. So to get my ten thousand back, uh, I think it's about what's that? About seven years, give seven or take. Seven years. Yeah. Um, and and from my perspective. Um, they give you a warranty of um, ten years, so you know I'll come out ahead. I'm doing mm. it, doing doing something good for the environment. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, sure, um, it works. Obviously, as a landlord, you 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 can't like how do you how do you work all that out with your tenant because your tenant gets well, the benefit. Right. Um, yes, right. you can depreciate the um, solar panels mm-hmm. and that upfront mm-hmm. investment, which you can't do on your own home. Um, but I don't know how you would work that out with your tenant uh, unless you set up something um, complicated. As I say, batteries would be the game changer. If you had cheaper batteries where you could store the power and basically the power is zero, I guess you could then promote your home as being a electricity free, you know, like you you don't pay electricity. So then it would make sense. You're right. I think really as a landlord um, of an investment property with tenants, it's an an emotional decision. It's up to... It's up to you uh, in terms of whether or not you want to have a house with solar, but it's not necessarily feasible because you're not the one saving the money. So mm. on purely on a cost and, and reward feasibility, I, I don't know why a landlord would do it unless, you know, they were hoping to live in the home one day and, and be the ones saving that money. I'm not sure. My other hesitation too, and I, I think absolutely there is a a big future of solar. Of course, I'm, I'm definitely not a renewables decliner, but it is evolving so rapidly today, cuz, how it stores the batteries, the grids. I, I also have a hesitation of spending that upfront cost and then I guess, you know, it evolving to be far more efficient in a quicker time than I can sort of make my money back. You well, know, that's, so that's sort of my other hesitation. And that's where the the gentleman who came out and quoted it all up sort of said, look, you'll put all this in, it'll be set up to take a battery when the batteries become cheap. He said you'll find like sometime in the next five years they probably become very cheap, so the equation mm. changes, which um, – and I, I obviously – say all this, this is my experience. I'm one house out of 10 million in Australia. So I'm one, yes. one household that uses a certain amount of electricity where that, that's how the equation works for me. Every house would be different. There'd be people probably who listen to this podcast who'd be much more knowledgeable than you and I on this, but that is, um, I guess, the way that, that I see it today. Um, makes sense on your own home, not quite yep. yet on investment properties. I would agree with that, cuz you've got to be prepared to pay the upfront, but you might save a little bit as you go down the road. Oh, one thing, just before we move on, there is some um, 
uh, banks starting to come out with um, green products as well. Yes. So like they'll, yes. they'll give you a half percent discount on your um, interest rate if you've got a certain um, renewable rating. So that's true. That's another thing that maybe starts to swing the pendulum. It's still quite, not yeah. quite enough to justify that upfront investment, but you, yeah. you know, it doesn't you s- take much for the equation to change uh, over time, does it? Well, that's right. You still got to fork out the upfront cost. So if you if it's going to cost you ten grand to put the solar on, um, you know, and you it knocks off half a percent from your interest repayments per annum, it, it's probably going to be less than ten grand that you're saving. Yeah, and if so you've got is, if you've got solar, hit your bank up. They'll probably give you a half a percent discount on your your interest if rate. If you've already got it, ooh, little that's a hot tip. I like that. The good, the bad, the bullshit. Loving the new stinger. Um, the good, the bad, the bullshit <laughs> this week. Your turn. Uh, the Oracle, our favourite, the Oracle. Harry Trigoboff has spoken. What's the Oracle had to say this week? Oh, wow. It, you know, when we say the good, the bad, the bullshit, this is a good article. Uh, and Harry, the Oracle, is given his two cents on the bad and the bullshit. So... Similar to the last thing we did for this one, it's actually dishing up all three. It's hitting all notes. Harry Trigoboff, for those of you who don't know, owns Meriton. Uh, he must have about 6,000 uh, service departments nationally. Biggest, did I biggest private landlord in Australia. Yep. Biggest private landlord in Australia. Is notorious for developing buildings, trying to sell as many apartments as he can, but has also kept as many as he can and just rented them out. And he always has something to say. And I want to adopt Oracle philosophy when I'm his age, maybe even even younger, by just saying what it is, saying what I want, saying what I believe in. But, I mean, he has clearly earned the respect uh, and the very savvy businessman, uh, well, he just, he's earned it. He's yeah. Ended. So I, I liked it. I liked uh, when you sent it through. It's it's his favorite. My favorite quote in it is, "Interest rates will go up and then back down, and that's what happens over time. We can change them with the stroke of a pen." He said, uh, "I always wrote." Uh, he, he said, "I always wrote that." So really, when interest rates are high, it's a good time to buy because when they drop, <laughs> there will be another reason for your apartments in his eyes because he only owns apartments to go up. So don't worry, buy. There is a great shortage. Now, but, the guy's 80. But, He's still going. <laughs> He's the most successful property investor in Australia. I think you just have to. It, it doesn't quite make sense, does it? It, 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 feels like, it feels like that's not what you should do. But if this 80-year-old guy who's been so successful does it, like you just got to sometimes throw caution to the wind and do what those kind of guys do. I mean, you know, the the average Joe might argue, well, he's a billionaire, so he can do this and say this can take bigger risks. But he's kind of always adopted this very aggressive philosophy. And I love how he just calls everybody out. He says, you know, you know, governments ask developers to provide pro- affordable housing, but, you know, why should developers be the only one doing it? Why not everybody? You know, you want us to provide affordable housing, but you keep putting up interest rates, which makes it not affordable. And he's saying costs are going up. It costs me more to build these apartments. How are prices going to possibly come down? They're not going to come down because costs are going up. And, so and, you just and go, rents. He says his rents are going up. Uh, and, and rents. Jeez, imagine his rents on 6000 Oh, my God. 
I know. Apartments, yeah. We, wow. we talk about putting putting up a, a property 50 bucks a week. Put his up 50 bucks a week times 6,000. <laughs> I'm just going to do a quick. There we go. Listen, listen to the Australian Oracle. He's increasing his portfolio by $300,000 a week. <laughs> what a legend. What a legend. Hey, guys, if you're not going to listen to us, listen to Harry the Oracle Triggerboff. And if you don't know him, Google him. Legend. And if you do know him, we've been trying to get him on our podcast for a long, long time. <laughs> Just seems to ignore our emails. But um, if you know the Oracle, give us an intro. I don't right. think he gives half a toot. That's you're the a good app. bloke. That's the app. Time to wrap it up. See you, cuz. You're, you're a good guy. But Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is thedoubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is thedoubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.